Welcome to the BO on Manager Career and Entrepreneurship Podcast for Classical Musicians. My name is Bernhard Karras and I do have a special guest with me today again. Today I'm joined by the clarinetist Bettina Aust from Germany. She just released her latest album, Finde Siete, which you find actually in all the good record shops, but also on Spotify and Apple Music. And it is, I can tell you, an absolutely beautiful album, so absolutely worth listening to. But before I get into that, I just wanted to remind you of a couple of things. Most importantly is that on April 17th, that's actually at the end of this week, we start with the Nexus Festival. That is an online music festival with not only music and concerts and visuals and dance and but also talks and keynotes and panel discussions and 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 it is an amazing rich festival going over four weekends put together entirely by the BYUM community that means by people who have I had the joy I working with over the last year during the pandemic and many of these people have never met each other but they are so eager to put that together and it is fantastic so check it out on nextus.beeronmanager.com you'll find it everywhere also in the notes to that podcast but now let's go and talk to Bettina Aust the clarinetist from Germany welcome Bettina it's wonderful seeing you at least through zoom um, would be much nicer to sit together and having a coffee and just this week, I got in the mail a wonderful new CD, which is by you and your brother. Can you tell us something about this new CD, which is just has just come out? Yeah, first of all, hello, Bernard. It's nice to be here. I'm very happy that the CD has been released now. The title is Fin de Siècle. It's with works which have been composed at the beginning of the 20th century. And it's a very colorful and diverse CD because there are many different styles of, um, of music on the CD. It sounds wonderful. I've listened into it. I haven't completely listened to it, but it is really um, very diverse. But Okay, I'm not a specialist in clarinet repertoire, but how did you find so much repertoire from one episode? Is there so much written for clarinet and piano or clarinets and solo? I mean, there aren't that many pieces for clarinet uh, at all. Like if you compare it to pianist or violinist, but um, at this period, many composers um, wrote for the clarinet. And actually, within those 20 years where these uh, works have been composed, there have been written one of the most important works for clarinet and piano. So it's really interesting to put a focus on this er um, era. How did it come about that um, within these 20 years, all composers suddenly discovered clarinet? Um, maybe it's also because there have been many French compositions um, on the CD and in France at this era, um, composers started to write a lot more for woodwind players. 
I mean, also before we have got great works by Mozart and Brahms and many other composers, this is uh, for sure. But um, also at this time, yeah, composers were struggling about their composition, composition style. So we have got the romanticism, we have got imp impressionism, and also influence of jazz and the works of Igor Stravinsky. So um, yeah, it's a good question why at that time there have been composed so many works for clarinet. But I mean, also today, also afterwards, we have got many works compared to other woodwind players. We can't complain. Yeah, that's good. We'll come back to that. Now, this isn't your first CD, if I'm right. Exactly. The first CD has been released in 2016. It has been an award uh, from the Deutscher Musikwettbewerb. It's a um, big German competition. And there I have already uh, recorded a CD together with my brother, who is a pianist, Robert Aust. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, Working together with a sibling is not necessarily always the easiest. So how did the two of you get along when you make music together? So today we can work very well together, but you are right by asking this question. <laughs> I mean, I remember times uh, when we, like 20 years ago or 15 years ago, where we were arguing a lot, not only with, wor with words, but also with our hands. And my father had to come in to, to solve the situation. So uh, yeah, I mean, we know each other very well, personally, but also musically. And it has developed. Uh, today, we, we can practice very quickly because we are very, um, very direct in a way to talk to each other and yeah this makes work quick but also it's a challenge not to be too direct and to be still friendly it's easy not to be friendly to your brother <laughs> so are you as direct to other pianists when you're working with other pianists no no i'm not <laughs> i i think i'm a quite direct person in general and if something bothers me, I always want to, to talk about it and to, to improve music. And, um, but yeah, I, but also, I mean, I learned from working with other musicians to work together with my brother and to be more friendly. <laughs> I see, he really appreciate it. I should ask him probably about it. <laughs> yeah, he, he probably tells the same thing. <laughs> now, I do know you for quite a while, but what I don't know is, are you actually coming from a musical family? Are your parents musicians too? No, they aren't. Um, but my father, he, um, he really appreciated um, us to make music. And he has been raised in a family where classical music was or is very important. But his aim was never that we become professional musicians. And... Um, we had the chance to have very good uh, instrumental teachers right from the beginning. And they supported us a lot and we learned a lot from them. So I guess that this was an important part uh, for us to become professional musicians. Because 
having two professional musicians as a from a family where the parents are not professional musicians that's pretty astonishing normally we have these long dynasties of musicians and there's one musician coming after the other but here that's personally i mean how did your parents take that and the two of you decided to really become professional musicians and um, did they ask you to study a bit of medicine or economics or something like that just to be on the safe side um so my brother he's the older one so he had first to make the step and um i remember that my mother wasn't very sure if it's a good idea to pick to become a pianist but uh, Robert always said, no, he, he wants to try it out and he can always change the subject after two years, but it, it's not possible the other way around. And in my case, uh, I wasn't sure if I should uh, study the clarinet and I was thinking about studying ma mathematics and I also went to university to some classes to look into it. And then I think it was only half a year before finishing school that I finally decided to go that way. It was, I, I remember that day I did an audition for the National Youth Orchestra of Germany. And when I received the invitation to be part of that orchestra, I thought, okay, maybe, maybe you don't play that bad if you manage to get into that orchestra. So maybe you have got a chance when studying the clarinet. And then I asked myself the question, what would happen if I don't study the clarinet? And I thought uh, that it would be so disappointing to, to lose my quality that I'd stop the clarinet at all. So I couldn't imagine uh, living without doing music. So. That was my decision to go that way. And as my brother had already gone this way for my parents, it wasn't a surprise. Mm -hmm. Did you ever regret not to study mathematics? No, actually, I never regretted it. Um, I'm a quite reflective person. So it was like every year or every second year I was thinking, if it's still the right thing to do for me. And I was always open to change the way if I'm not happy anymore. And it never happened. So I always found uh, things in my working field that interest me a lot. So um, I think I've got a quite diverse uh, life and I'm, I'm happy doing music. So you're doing music, but you still have a diverse life. How does that diversity come about? What is it? So it's a diverse life in music. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the principal clarinetist of the Augsburger Philharmonica. It's an opera orchestra in the south of Germany. I'm teaching here at the music conservatory. I'm playing concerts as a soloist with orchestras, doing a lot of chamber music. I have been traveling uh, around the world to give concerts, to teach in other countries. So yeah, there's always a lot going on. Now, the last 
12 months have been tough for many of us yeah, with COVID-19 and the pandemic and travel restrictions and the closure of many concert halls and opera houses. How did you experience the last 12 months? Um, yeah, I mean, it hasn't been a very easy period and it's impossible to plan. Um, I was supposed to play a chamber music concert in two weeks and it only has been cancelled today. So people don't uh, plan in advance anymore. And I'm waiting uh, to be able to travel and to <laughs> go to Latin America again to teach there and to play there. But I'm quite an optimistic person. So I think personally, I, I found uh, good answers for me uh, within those 12 months. Uh, first, it was um, interesting for me how, how I feel playing the clarinet when I don't have concerts. And I was a bit feared that, that I need the audience to be happy to do this job. But I realized that I like to practice myself and I'm very happy if like two people listen to me um, uh, via the internet, so, like two friends, and they give me a comment afterwards if they like the music or not. This is really great. And I mean, when I'm playing big concerts in a big concert hall, it's great to have applause, but people don't tell you if, if they really liked it or not, and if they have been touched by it or not. And this is something I, I take out of this year and I would love to, to change also afterwards to, to get more feedback after concerts here in Germany. In, in Latin America or somewhere else abroad, I experienced it differently. There are people come to you after the concert and everybody wants to, to speak to you and tell, tell you if they liked it or not. And I, I think people are a bit too shy here in, in Germany or in, in Europe to do it. And they, they want to see the musician as a star whom you can't touch. So what are you going to change then when you say you were planning to change that um, when you return to the stage? Yeah, I'm still thinking about it, about a way to, to encourage them really to talk to the musicians afterwards. I mean. I did it before COVID-19 already when I was moderating concerts and I was asking questions to, to make people sing. And I said, please tell me after the concert what you think about it. And sometimes people come and, and they talk about it, but um, often not. So I, I'm, yeah, I need to think about, or about a way of really get together with people after the concert. Um, maybe it's easier if, if concerts aren't that big with too many people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, you mentioned Latin America a couple of times. That seems to be important in your career. Tell us a bit, how did this Latin America connection come about? What is it? Um, what is Latin America for you? So actually it started four years ago. Um, I went to Central America together with Robert on our first concert tour. And it was organized by the Goethe Institute. And 
we experience such an amazing time. I mean, people, they are so friendly. They have such a big heart. They are so happy when European musicians come over there and share their classical, traditional music um, with them. And yeah, we went again there two years ago and I also teach at the Clarifest in Guatemala. And yeah, it's, it's just fascinating me how, how people like classical music there. And also we have been in Haiti, for example, and there are really, really bad conditions. And when we were there, we stayed like one week and there were political problems. So we couldn't get out of the hotel. We actually, we couldn't do a lot. And there was one, Karen, uh, one piano student and he came every day to the hotel to spend time with us. And to come to our hotel, he needed two hours by train, by bus, by walking. And it was um, very difficult uh, for, for him to, to get there and also not very secure because of the situation on the roads. But yeah, he, he appreciated it so much that we were there and, and he wanted to, to show it to us and to, to get some of our energy of of our German energy where yeah, I, I think it must be kind of a dream for him to come to Germany and to live in a secure country. So this is something I, I can't experience here in Europe. But you not only went there, um, from what I've seen also, you actually started discovering Latin American music. Yeah, this is, I mean, there's so much to discover. So um, last year, Robert and I, we played two live stream concerts for our uh, Central American friends, supported by the German embassies and by the Goethe Institute. And we also played the world premiere of the piece Bulagua by the Costa Rican composer Manuel Matarita. And we had met him two years ago on our last concert tour and um, he told us about his new work. So um, yeah, it started one year ago when the lockdown uh, came. Um, we uh, started rehearsing a lot of music and um, we took uh, his music and we were really impressed by it because it's it's very well written and it has got some traditional elements in it. So we were very happy to being able to play this work and also to connect somehow uh, over the internet uh, with the composer. And is there a Latin American album coming? There are some thoughts about it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but. I'm, what is your next album going to be? I mean, it's a bit unfair to ask that having a beautiful album of you just in the hand, yeah. But still, you know, it's so beautiful. So I wondered, are you working on, besides a Latin American album, on other things as well? Yeah, I, actually, at the moment, uh, I work on a program uh, for clarinet and piano by female composers. And I had received a scholarship uh, to do research on it. And it's amazing how much uh, music 
you can discover. And there are so many great composers, uh, female composers that I hadn't known before. And many people who um, work on that topic, many, yeah, I found interesting contacts also on, on doing this research. So I'm very much looking forward to see what comes out of this research. And then hopefully uh, that will be the next CD. That would be wonderful, but this is not mainstream music. And like you say, it's rather unknown music, unfortunately at the moment. So it's probably not easy to discover that. Where did you discover that music? Actually, at the beginning, I didn't quite know where to search. But uh, once you start, you, you find so much. Here in Germany, in Frankfurt, we have got the Archiv der Frauenmusik. And they are very um, important in the whole world for um, having uh, sheet music of uh, female composers. There are some uh, libraries uh, who have got uh, sheet music. And there are um, some um, uh, web pages uh, which um, worked on that topic too, and where you can find lists with some works. And um, yeah, then, then finally to get the scores, that's difficult. I mean, I've uh, um, been in contact with a, a library in Australia to get some sheet music, but it's very complicated or uh, with uh, somebody from Israel who wanted to provide me some scores and we were searching for one uh, piece and finally this person from the Israel uh, Music Institute she found out that actually that piece probably has never been composed it was on the list uh, of the composer but it never <laughs> <laughs> it never came to it, so, so that, that's quite interesting. Um, uh, yeah, very interesting topic. There's a lot to discover. And any discovery you want to share with us, which was kind of completely stunning for you or surprising? There are so many. I've got uh, a lot of sheet music uh, lying next to me. Uh, one piece I... Um, really like is by uh, Libby Larsen, Song Without Words. And where did you find that? That's actually a work that is quite famous for mm -hmm. clarinet and piano from a female composer. So uh, that work has been recorded already uh, on CDs. Mm -hmm. So it, that work was quite easy to find. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when can we expect that CD? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I hope next year. Wow. Wow. My, I mean, back to your current CD. Your current CD came out on Genuine in the cooperation with BR Classic, which is the Bavarian radio, which is one of the big brands in classical music and probably one of the best radio stations in classical music in Europe, at least, I would actually say in the world. So how was the cooperation with these people there and BR and Genuine? That was great. We had a um, really success uh, to get uh, BAR Classic as a co cooperation partner. So actually, we recorded the CD with them. And then Genuine, the label, 
they um, made everything around the music, the book booklets, the design, and um, yeah, so so it's with them that the CD has been released. And how was it to record with BR Classic? It was great. Um, it was very professional. We we recorded in the concert house in Bleibach, the concert hall in Bleibach. It's yeah, it's in Bavaria in the forest in a very small town and there, there's a very nice little concert hall. And that have been three very intense days last year in July. So um, yeah, it's, it's really nice now to see the CD coming out because I mean, it's a long process. We have uh, designed the program uh, a couple of years ago, have played it in concerts many times. And because the audience was so um, impressed by the program, we decided to record it on the CD. So the whole process uh, with recording, with uh, post-production, with uh, uh, photo shooting, trailer, everything. It took us one year. So um, I don't know if I would have had so much time to work on it if I I'd play a lot of concerts in a normal season. Yeah. So it was well timed that you have actually more time to look after the CD as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. What is the next performance, the next thing you are doing? So in June will be the next Clarifest or Clarinet Festival in Guatemala. And I still hope that I can go there. I don't know. We, oh. we can't play, uh, plan in advance, but I'm really hoping that it's possible to fly mm -hmm. there. We absolutely wish that for you. Um, yeah. I miss Latin America so much myself. Yeah, I've been often to Venezuela and um, couple, on to Peru and so on. And like you say, the people there are just absolutely amazing. So yeah. it's this exchange of music and they love music. So it's really, it's really, really great. Very special. Yeah, I mean, besides there, there are some release concerts coming up soon. Mm -hmm. But I mean, who knows if we will be able to play them or not. Mm -hmm. My last question is, we have a lot of musicians from all over the world listening to the podcast. It has been a difficult uh, time. Any kind of tips or suggestions you would like to share with them? Yeah, I mean, always keep on going to do music. It's, um, it's a difficult time, but it, I'm sure it will change. And we have got to be prepared for it and we have to stay positive and to use our energy for creative things and not for for being unhappy so try to to find projects that you can realize at the moment and with the possibilities you have got at the moment and then when time changes you can change your projects also great thank you so much bettina for joining me today it was a pleasure seeing you and talking to you and I'm looking forward to the day when I can hear you live. Um, I really miss that too. Great, I thank you. And I hope that it will be soon possible to play for you. Thanks so much for listening. I do hope that you found that podcast interesting. 
I love it if I have the opportunity to talk to musicians and hear what they were up to and also how they coped with COVID-19, but also with all the plans and the ideas they have. I hope you really like that. If you like that podcast, please rate it on Apple Podcasts. Give it a comment there. Write me your feedback. Share it with your friends. And do come to either one of the open classes I do regularly or even better to the Nexus Festival, which starts at the end of the week. And yes, I'll be there most of the time. So I would love to have the opportunity to meet you and to talk to you. Until then, go out there, make great music. Thanks so much.